You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. You talk about a jam-packed show. That's exactly what we have. You have the Mets. You have the Yankees. You have the Jets. You have the Giants. You have a great win from the Knicks last night. You have a great win from the Rangers last night. You have the Masters going on. I mean, it it is jam-packed. And, of course, and you know what, what we're going to do at 1030. I don't even need to say it. Stump Rothenberg at 1030. Um, congratulations to the Padres last night. For the first time in franchise history, a no-hitter has been thrown. They're the last team to not have a no-hitter on the docket. So Joe Musgrove ends that. And I didn't realize this, and I think I heard this last night. He's from San Diego. So that's kind of cool, right? A, a San Diego kid getting the first no-hitter in the in history of the, uh, of the Padres. So good for them. Uh, as the Padres beat the Rangers by the final of three to nothing. So, I mean, guys, really, we, we have so much to get into today. Uh, we're going to get into the Mets and the Conforto and people just, I mean, I can't believe the amount of whining. I can't believe the amount of people that attacked me on Twitter. I, I actually, two people from the station reached out to me saying you should be embarrassed, embarrassed by that victory. Yeah, I'm horribly embarrassed at getting a victory. Uh, the judge situation continues to... I, I don't even know what to say. Continues to puzzle us, I guess, would be the appropriate thing. The responses from Aaron Boone are interesting, to say the least. He had a little back and forth with our Marley Rivera yesterday. We'll take a listen to that. Um, the Knicks, a great win. Here, here's the thing. You're frustrated by the Knicks, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll start off with the Knicks. And uh, Listen, I'm not going to do a ton of golf, I'll be honest with you. Anita's going to do a lot of golf. She'll come your way at noon. I don't know, I don't know that much. Uh, I'd be lying to you if I told you otherwise. I don't know that much. I watched a couple minutes yesterday. Uh, your leaderboard is uh, Justin Rose is 7-under. I, I never even heard of Zalatoris, but he's 6-under. Harmon is 6-under. Uh, Leishman, maybe it's Leishman. I, I don't know. He's 5-under. Spieth, him I know, 5-under. And that's your leaderboard at the Masters. So uh, weather is supposed to be an issue. If there was a golfing event, I would watch. It would probably be this. But uh, honestly, I mean, listen, it, it's interesting. It's entertaining. It, I understand the magnitude of it. Would I like to go to the Masters? Sure. Am I a huge golf guy? Certainly not. So if you want to call and educate me or call and discuss it, you're welcome to. But it's certainly not uh, the strength of what I know. So we're going to get into the strength of what I know, and that is uh, the Knicks. Guys, the Knicks are, and this is, I, I think, the difference. A couple of things. Firstly, they're entertaining. They're fun to watch. And that is, you say, oh, well, big deal. So, so I'm going to hang my hat on that? Yeah. You know what? From what you've seen over the last 20 years, the fact that you can sit down and watch a Knicks game, and at the end of the Knicks game, you're like, hey, you know what? That didn't stink. That's heading in the right direction. It really is. And there's a couple things. Firstly, they give you everything they have in every game. Are they ultimately that talented? I mean, are they more talented than Memphis? No. I don't think they are. The Knicks are not a, a, a very a Reggie Bullock and Alec Burks. They're not a talented team. They get the most out of what they have. And isn't that what you're looking for from any one of your teams ever? They give everything they have. They're coached well. And they play as hard as humanly possible. Well, you know what? Let me sign up for that. And look at what that's done. That's given me a game under 500 now. What are they, 26 and 27? I think that's what they are. So, so uh, I'm 53 games into the season. So I have, I have 19 games to go, and I'm just about 500, and I have the next two games at home against teams that I probably should beat in Toronto and in the Lakers. You know what? Give me that any single day of the week. And the thing that I love about it, and I was thinking about this, 
you know, playoffs and how important is it. It's important to get the young guys a chance to play in meaningful games. And I'll tell you what, give me the eight. Because if I'm the eight, I have to win one game out of three. And I think the Knicks have a pretty good chance to beat an Indiana or, or a Chicago or, you know, a team like that. One game out of three. Or an Indiana. Yeah, you know what? I think they could do that. So I think it's important for them to get into the eight, seven or eight. Obviously important. You want to be in the seven or eight, six. I guess it's possible. Then you're actually in. But just get me into If you get me into an actual playoff series, what a tremendous season from the Knicks. Tremendous season. And here's the thing. And you watch John Morant, and he's a terrific player, and you should be excited by him, and, and he, he does wonderful things. He's a, he's a terrific player. But here's the thing, guys. All right, R.J. Barrett, in his second year, is really making strides. And down the stretch of that game last night, you could argue was the difference maker. You could argue was the best player in that game. I mean, he, he gets fouled from the corner for three, and you start thinking to yourself, oh, God. We're down three. There's no way he's going to make these three shots, and he does. Then they're down two late, late stages, and he takes the ball to the basket, off glass, scores, hits a huge three in overtime. So you see the maturation process of R.J. Barrett. You do. So Randall's your – listen, it's another triple-double from him. He's, he's as close to a star as you have. If he's your second-best player at some point and they add a, a bigger piece – I think you'd be happy about that. You like what you have in R.J. Barrett. You need a point guard. We know they need a point guard. Quickly looks like he's legitimate. Derrick Rose has played well. Alec Burks continues to play well. They're heading in the right direction. They're right there. And you see the maturation. And here's the things. Do you like the coach? That's it. Just a yes or no. Do you like the coach? Answer, yes. Do you like the maturation you've seen from R.J. Barrett in year two? Answer, definitively, is yes. Do you like Julius Randle and the way he's transformed his game from last year to this year? Answer, yes. Do you like the future of the franchise? Yes, you do. When is the last time on a Saturday morning, on any morning, that you could sit there and say, you know what? The Knicks are headed in the right direction. And I don't even think it's all that much up for debate. The Knicks, when you look at, at teams around the NBA that are heading the wrong direction, and there's lots of them. There's lots of them. The Knicks are not one of those teams. And when was the last time you could actually honestly say the Knicks are heading in the right direction? So I, I loved the game last night. I, lo I love the fact that they were down for most of the game. I didn't love the fact that it was a 10-point game with four minutes to go. But they fought back. And they tied it. And they go to overtime. And, and Brooks hits the three in overtime. And it doesn't matter. Because Randall hits a three. And Barrett hits a three. And they come up with the big moments. And they win that game. So bravo to the Knicks. Thrilled with what's going on there. Rangers over the Islanders last night. What a treat that was. Oh, what a treat. And the Rangers are on the verge. They might not go to the playoffs this year. They are on the verge of being a very good team. A very good team. You see the talent there. You see what Kraftsoft is able to do. You see what Blackwell is able to do. I mean, we know about Kreider. Zabinijad playing better. Panarin is, is a phenomenal player. Lafreniere is, is getting better. Kako is getting better. Adam Fox is legitimately a star defenseman. So they may not go to the postseason. This may be the year that the Islanders are the better team, and they are the better team. But this is the time the Islanders are supposed to win. The Rangers are not even in that moment yet. The Rangers are like a step away from getting into the point where you'd say, all right, now they're a playoff team. 
The next decade for the Rangers is very, very bright. And I was thrilled, thrilled with the win last night. Jump out to a 2-0 lead, then it's 2-1, then they scored the goal to make it 3-1, empty netter 4-1, and away we go. But really, really well-played, entertaining game. The weird thing for me is, and I don't feel like this when I watch a lot of games, Knicks, Yankees, Mets, any of these, having a silent coliseum for Islanders, Rangers, is kind of an eerie, strange-ish feeling. But Rangers get out of Dodge with a 4-1 victory. So if you're a Rangers fan, I know there's a lot of you guys out there. Very, very pleased with that. And then they're at it tomorrow night again, Islanders-Rangers. You can hear that game on 10.50 a.m. starting at 6.30 uh, because the Knicks are in action as well. And a couple things on baseball. All right, we'll get to the calls. We have a lot going on, 800-919-3776. The Mets, okay? They haven't hit the ball. Uh, Conforto looks lost. Lindor has not hit the ball. The pitching looks fine outside of Peterson in the first four games. All right, so we start with that. Fine. I want to give you a minute of the Conforto thing. And I'm telling you, so I, I tweeted out, wow, what a way to win. Almost like, oh, my God, what a way to win. Um, but, you know, a win is a win. And I got, I could not believe the amount, and it's probably non-Mets fans. It's probably the Yankees fan reflecting and reacting of, what a pathetic way to win. You're an embarrassment. Your team isn't like tons of these people. In fact, two people, two separate people from the station texted me saying, I can't believe you're happy with that win. Are you out of your mind? Now, if you said to me, do you want your guy to lean into the middle of the plate and, and take a pitch off the elbow when it was clearly a strike? No, I'd prefer him to hit it 380 feet and easily drive the run in. I'm not throwing back a win. And for all the Yankees fans, and I'm not s- specifying anyone. I'm not looking at you, Ty. You're looking at, at, at Chris Cant. You're looking at any one Yankees fan. But give me a, a break, would you? Because I don't remember any Yankees fan saying, oh, Jeffrey Mayer basically jumped into, into right field and, and took the ball out of Tony Tarasco's glove. Oh, that's so unfair that we won like that. I, this video of Derek Jeter, the ball hitting the knob of his bat, you hear that you can hear the sound of the ball hitting the knob of his bat, and Jeter goes down like he's shot, like he was hit on the hands, and plays the whole thing through. Did I hear any Yankees fan complaining about that? The answer is no. When Alex Rodriguez went down to first base in that game against the Red Sox in the postseason and slapped the ball out of the first baseman's mitt, did I hear any Yankees fan say, Oh, God, how could we do that? Here's the thing Conforto, what he did was really, I don't think, really a bad thing at all. The issue I have, and I think everybody has, is that the umpires completely screwed this thing up. How could you? I mean, it was plain as day. And how can you not go to replay to look at it? So you can say, oh, the Mets and they're cheating, and you're excited by that, and you're running. You know what? They won the game. And give me a break. They won the game, and I'll leave it at that. Is it the way I'd like to win? No. Would I prefer to win like that than lose in the most glorious of fashions? Absolutely. Any day of the week. And then another note on baseball. We'll line up the calls on, really. I mean, we have so many directions to go. And we have the Knicks. We have the Mets. We have the Yankees. couple things. Kluber was terrible yesterday. Absolutely terrible. That's number one. Number two is, at what point are we allowed to say that there's a problem with Aaron Judge? There's a, guys, there's a problem with Aaron Judge. And Boone won't come out and say he's hurt. Well, I don't. I mean, is he hurt? He's 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 not. I I don't. Um, did you, we're we're going to play the audio for you in a moment. The audio is incredible. Is he hurt? 
And, and Boone can't even speak. Like he forgets how to speak the English language. They don't know what to say at this point. There's clearly a problem. Is his side injured? Is it tweaked? Is it bothering him? There's a problem. And if you're not concerned, then you're not paying attention. So that's what we have. A lot going on. And Stump Rothenberg at 1030. 800-919-3776. I'm feisty today. You know why? Because I put my GM hat on today. That's right. We are drafting Little League teams this weekend. I got to go do some scouting, and I got to be sharp. So I'm feisty, and I'm ready to go. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Ty's a huge part of the show, an, an integral part of the show and of the station. And we say good morning to Ty D. Butler. Good morning, Ty. Good morning, Davido. That integral part of the show, I'm going to be honest, almost bowed out this morning. There was a, a call that was on the cusp of being made to really? our esteemed program director. Ty feeling a bit under the weather, you know, being abused by these seasonal allergies. Not I, I, I got to be, be honest. Uh, Physically you know compromised. I, you know I love you. If you were to call out with seasonal allergies, I don't, I don't think that's something you ever get up from. Yeah, but even his, if that's what was bothering you, you would have had to call and say, like, I had a death in the family. You, <laughs> you, you don't lie about people dying. That's well, come on, that is a bad you, omen. Overusing seasonal allergies, I think, I think you probably. Yeah, do. but so here's the thing: you don't on the injury report put seasonal allergies. You just say under the weather, feeling sick, flu-like symptoms. Though I don't know if you want to go in that direction these days, but. You don't put seasonal allergies. Okay. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't use seasonal allergies. No. The, like you're not calling Ryan Hurley and saying, Ryan, I can't make it. Well, well what's, what's the matter, Ty? You okay? Well, I'm, I'm having seasonal allergies. Like that's, that's a bad look, right? <laughs> being bludgeoned by seasonal allergies. I'm being make bludgeoned. <laughs> that's right. The pollen is really – and I have allergies, and I get shots every week, and it's I take bad. a load of medicine. So I, I get the seasonal allergy. It's I do. Bad. But you can't you can't use that as. But I'm, I'm here. Listen, I'm here. I understand. How close was it, by the way? Like, was there? Did you when you woke up? You're like, no, you know what? I'm I'm gonna make the call. Or how close was it? So the alarm was set for a time that you know I didn't actually get out of bed until 30 minutes later after mm-hmm. said time. So I mean, we were cutting it close there. But I realized I've got to be here. Dave and Anita need me at my absolute apex for us to have a fully functional six hour stretch here. And I understood that, and now I'm here. I'm okay. here, ready to roll, ready, ready to play. But and, gra- and you take your seasonal allergy. I mean, you're like Willis Reed, really. Oh, What's absolutely. happening now is like the seasonal allergy version of Willis Reed hobbling yes. onto the I court. I mean, you can go Willis Reed. You can go Isaiah Thomas in the yeah. finals against the Lakers. You you can go everywhere. I but mean, you're, I, re- you're really you're congested and sniffling your way onto the court, much like Willis Reed hobbled. Headache. And I, look, I'm also – I feel like I'm in an uncomfortable position here in the studio with Michael – because nowadays, anytime you sneeze, it's a red flag. You know, everyone's looking at you like you got the cooties. Yes, yes. But here's what you do. You, you get ahead of it. You have a preemptive strike. As you walk in today, you said, Michael, listen, here's the issue. Don't be concerned if I'm going to sneeze. It is, in fact, my seasonal allergies, which are bothering me. Absolutely. But I'm okay. here. And, and, and um, more importantly... I believe a congratulations is in order to one coach Dave Rothenberg. That's How right. About that? Can we get a, a little bit of a round of applause, like a correct answer? Improving to two and zero last week. Uh, how, how good was I, by the way? You said I'd like to watch the game to me, and I sent you the link you of did. the game, and I watched it here in the studio. Yeah, and our team. And, but here's what people don't realize: 
I, I changed the complexion. I don't know if you noticed when the game changed. Because I was, I was coaching with another guy. Great guy. And he turns to me at one, one point. He goes, you, you can't yell at the kids like this. You, 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 you can't scream at the children like this. So um, it was a close game. And we're better than this team. It was like 9-7 at one point. Yeah. And we were, he was dropping us into this 2-3 zone. And I finally, I'd had enough. I had enough. And I said, we need to start trapping them. Okay. And pressing them. Mm-hmm. All right? And at that moment, it all changed. It, they, they couldn't break the trap. We started getting turnovers. We got easy, fast break points. And that two-point lead turned into like an 11-point win. Now, so, boom. Away now, you go. I wasn't able to really catch you on the sidelines that much because it was a, a wide shot that panned going each way. But I did see and very disappointed in mm-hmm. your attire of choice because sometimes in radio you just go for entertainment value like you're not actually telling the truth you just say things you were I mean you were worse than I had imagined the the 3x sweatpants that were dingy the hat had like brown stains on it oh, I told I mean, you you looked slop it, it it was it was pitiful I, I told you it, it was like it was like Bobby Knight with the sweater I mean I'm I'm doing what I do the the guy I was coaching with looked equally slovenly the coach on the other team I, I think might might have not even had a place to live. No. I mean, no. I mean, it was. It was. <laughs> that's what you do. You got to take the job seriously. I take the job seriously. No, it just shows you how seriously I take it. You don't show up. There's certain places you don't show up with sweatpants on. You know, a job interview, church, and then like, coaching a basketball. Oh, yeah, game. yeah. If, if it was church, I'm not showing up like that. A job interview, I'm not showing up like that. Coaching a basketball. I'm coaching a basketball game on a tennis court. And I was confused. I'm watching the game with Michael. I'm like, how are they able to go out of bounds and the officials just not saying anything? But it was because the way the court is set up, the the out of bounds (laughs) line is like really close to the basket. I was glared at by one of the officials, by the way. What happened? I mean, I spoke my mind. (laughs) And he didn't like it. What'd you say? I was like, you're going to give him that call every single time? (laughs) And he he stared me down, but that's okay. I was testing the limits. Seeing how far we could go, I saw and we went and we stopped. This is good, man, because clearly you've mastered the radio element of of your expertise. So now maybe in your future could be coaching. Maybe I, I do. I do enjoy it now. And and look at the track record. We'll get to the calls in a moment. Look at what we've done here. Lacrosse one game, throttling victory. Ben's team years ago on a Friday night, tremendous one point win late stages with a huge end one, and now Alex this past weekend win win. I mean, my interim record is incredible. I mean, you're at Red Auerbach. As some some would argue, let's not go nuts because it's a small sample size. But I think you're on your way to becoming one of the greatest uh, young coaches of all time, like coaching young kids. Yeah, because I'm not young. But, Sometimes but you sp- youth coaches, I I tend to agree with you. Absolutely. Now I don't know if anybody wants to go into my Wikipedia page and and make the update. <laughs> they should do that. Um, but that is that is absolutely welcome. Because sometimes later in life you stumble upon you know new pockets of success. Like what are you early sixties, sixty three, sixty four? I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that. I mean you're just being a jerk. <laughs> so I'm excited for you, man. I'm rooting for you. Good luck to you and in your future. As far and then as today's a big concerned. day for me too. Got the draft, baby. We have, we have the the draft of the uh, of the children with rec baseball. Baseball season is upon us. And I'm already getting emails from, from parents. Like, can you get you know, my kid on the team? Listen, <laughs> okay, listen. 
We're not playing favorites. We're not making nice nice. We're here to win. And if your kid is good and he's going to show up and he's going to play the right way, then he's a chance on being on this team. So Otherwise, I'm sorry, we'll put you on another team. By playing the right way, do we mean that he's not going to lean into pitches to get no. hit and walk off and no. win that way? No. And by the way, I, I love I, I for some reason, and I want your take on it in a second, but for some reason, the Yankees fan is so bothered by this tie, and I do not understand why. Um, guy with the Yankees logo on Twitter. I'm ashamed that you're a Mets fan because of the <laughs> Mets win on Thursday. If you're happy about the Mets, you just don't know anything about baseball. I saw that. That's funny. Pedro Flores, okay? On your Jeter example, there's a big difference selling a close hit by pitch. He was not hit. Then leaning into the strike zone with bases loaded to get a win. Come on, Dave. Here's the thing. And I said this to start. Do I love it? No, I don't love it. But it's a guy who can't hit the baseball at the moment. He looks lost at the plate that is saying, I will do anything it takes to win the game. Did it work? Yes. Is it his fault that the umpires completely soiled themselves? And, and I mean, I can't even believe didn't call that a strike three. It's not his fault. He put the impetus on the umpires and they couldn't do the job properly. I kind of applaud Conforto for that. So stop it. If this was the Yankees, Every person tweeting me would feel the exact same way. You do not throw away a victory. So stop it. I agree. I think my anger is more directed at the umpiring. Baseball, what a joke that is. And I understand that you don't want to make every play reviewable, especially when it comes to judgment calls. But the idea that you can go to instant replay, see that a call was made incorrectly and not change it, it, that is an embarrassment. It, it's an embarrassment. Nothing about that makes sense. I agree with you, but what, But here's my issue. Why are we so angry at Michael Conforto? I can't tell you the amount of tweets, texts, calls I got. It's he, he better. He better look out. He better look out. He's going to get one high and tight on Saturday. Why? I don't understand that. Baseball culture is so odd. Like, you, you seek retribution by throwing 95 miles per hour at, at someone's head. I, I never understood I mean, that. it's horrible when you think about it. Now, you mm -hmm. want to throw at a guy, you know, behind him, send a message, fine. You want to throw it at his butt, fine. You're throw, you, if you take it into your own accord <laughs> and start throwing at a guy's head at 95, that, I mean— it, that's dangerous. But what's the message that you're sending? I, I I don't understand that. You're sending a message, hey, don't do that again. If Michael Conforto is in the same exact position tonight, he's going to do it again. And he should. And the umpires should come out with the correct call, exactly. which they did not the other day. So it's a shame on them. I think everyone that's so angry with me, with Conforto, with the Mets, with the celebration, with everybody being excited, I think that you're upset because the umpires, and rightfully so, royally Ruin that game. They You're Mattingly. You got to be livid. But here's the thing. I mean, they came out and they said we messed up. Like they came out and said we totally screwed up. So, so what do you, what do you, what is it that you want? They screwed up. They messed up. They admitted it. Stop. Leave it and move on. No. Yeah, but it does nothing. A admitting it almost makes it worse because you saw it. What? 120 seconds after it happened, they went to the review and saw that they got it wrong. It's horrible. But, but how many it? times in how many times in football? Is there a horrendous call? You know it's wrong. The referees, the officials do nothing about it. And then on Tuesday of that week, a letter goes out that said, you know what? We completely screwed that up. Yeah. It's part of the game. It's part of the fabric of sports. There are going to be bad moments. I mean, how about the umpire that called uh, Armando Galarraga was on the verge of a perfect game? Two outs, ninth inning. Guy's clearly out, calls him safe, ruins it. <laughs> ruins it.
It's ha- that's what happens. Yeah, I mean, there's a human bad. element in sports across all sports, and it, it, I actually um, contemplated this earlier in the week because I thought maybe officiating has gotten worse with instant replay. Or is it that now we're able to get all these different angles, we're realizing and recognizing these mistakes more? Is it that it's gotten worse, or has it always been like no, this? No, I think I think you see everything now. And I, yeah. and I also think that there's instantaneous ways to react, yeah. right? I mean, 15 years ago, I, not, not the, 15 years ago, outside of my platform as a radio host, how am I making everybody know that I am livid about this? I can't. Right. I mean, I, I guess yeah. I can text people. Right. I guess I can I can tweet people. But other than that, I, I don't know how Hector Medina. I was upset. I was so bothered. But I guess it was mostly because I just I hate the Mets. But it was a joke. It's not a joke. It's a joke that they messed up the call is what's a joke. I think the tweet. I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way. You say what a way to win at Rothenberg ESPN. What a way to win. Let's go. It's just, I mean, it's, it's too celebratory. I can see no, why no. people would be annoyed by that. My, my, my thought, was, and this is the problem, and, and I guess I can understand that, but my thought was, oh, like, like almost like a head in hands, like, a, oh, God, what a way to win. But you know what? Let's go. We don't that's read it, it that way because we know you. Like, we listen to your voice. But that's, that's the intent. That that, it was like, a, oh, God, what a way to win. Well, you know what? Let's go. That's a win. We'll put it in the left-hand column and let's go. You're a victim of your own personality sometimes Maybe so. when it comes to Twitter. By the way, Anthony Pute on— um, Pusick. No, no. Anthony Pute on the Twitter says, I got you. He changed my Twitter. I mean, my uh, my um, <laughs> I see it. Wikipedia. He, Rothenberg is the winningest youth sports coach of all time. I see. I it. am undefeated. By the way, um, you got one of your uh, producers taking a shot at you. He says, Dave will probably take brides from other parents. It is going to be a crooked program. That is one RJ Santillo. Uh, well, RJ did not reach out to me directly, and I would never take a bribe. I would never. You, you should know me. Like See, that's, that would. just shows that you've RJ doesn't no know me at all. You've got no integrity. I'm, I'm with RJ. All I have is integrity. No. I would never sacrifice. Now, it depends on the amount of money, but I would never <laughs> sacrifice winning for, for taking a kid on my team. Never. Someone offers you 5K. Like, hey, Dave, I know oh, my kid's he can, not good. He can start at every position he wants. <laughs> See? <laughs> so <laughs> RJ's right. Well, I mean, come go, on. Five cats a lot of money. Could you imagine that, though? If I like somebody walked up to me with an envelope and they're like, "Listen, maybe uh, Steve makes it onto your team and throws it throws that money my way." <laughs> here's this briefcase. Don't don't here's open a, it until you get home. Yeah, here's a, a briefcase full of um, something and open it when you get home. And maybe when you have the draft, uh, little Timmy makes your way onto the team. What's the lowest number you would go? Uh, I it, it's got to be an amount where I'm like, "Wow, I mean, I I can't bypass that." Seven fifty. Seven hundred fifty dollars. Yes. No. Okay. One th- one rack. 1K? Yeah. You're taking I mean, why would anybody want their kid to be on my team to that level that they'd pay me $1,000 Expo- is the question. Exposure. And now you look at the Wikipedia page, clearly you're blowing up. That's, there's a lot of exposure that comes with that. That's 1K, you're turning point. it down? I don't know. I'd, I'd have to think about that. I don't think so. I, I, think, you're, th- I think you're taking that offer immediately. I, I'd have to think about that. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. To say that there's a lot to get into would be a tremendous understatement. We'll take a little break at 1030 to Stump Rothenberg. Here's what I was thinking, by the way, Ty. Um, tell me what you think about this. I don't, I, I, I'm thinking, and, and I can be swayed in a different direction, by the way. I'm thinking maybe instead of the, the full segment of the college trivia in segment two, 
we saved like the last five minutes for, for where did this guy go to college. Now, there are a bunch of people on Twitter complaining about inflation because since this is your sec, like that's your wheelhouse, you can respawn from a, a poor start to go, you know, 14 and 0, and now all of a sudden your record looks good. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not concerned about the record. I, I, I think I'd like to give people a, a more of a chance to. Uh, we we know that where you went to college is is, is amazing, and, and the other ones are still good, still above 500. And I'm not concerned about the record. My point is, do we give people more of a chance to actually ask the truer original Stump Rothenberg and then just save the end for for the the college barrage? Hey, here's what we can do. Mm-hmm. Let's pilot that, you know, so we can try it today and see how it goes. I like it. I like your thoughts, and and I'll get honest feedback and assessment from you, right? Yes, and then our our program director listens to every minute of the show, so he'll in real time tell us how it went. Yeah, but he's kind of dead to me with the stump off of segment. <laughs> what did you call him that a, one time? What was he, the word you used? Um, a jerk. Was it a jerk? Yeah, and then he called up using that. I think it was a jerk. Yeah. I think so. A jerk or evil or something. It was a negative kind of thing. Something very, so. very disrespectful that you should never very say derogatory. to your boss. Never say to your boss. But uh, That's true. But, but oh, he and I have a very good relationship, so I think that he, he found it to be lovable. Yes, calling someone a jerk. Nothing says words of affirmation right. than, than jerk. That, that's right. He's probably going to want to hang out immediately when the pandemic is over. <laughs> okay, so um, Sam Darnold and the Jets. I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Listen, I've heard a lot of people, I mean a lot of smart people, a greenie is leading the parade here, that the, Darnold is going to be a star for Carolina. You know what? Maybe he will. Maybe he will. I don't know why everyone is so confident that this guy, like Kuyper and Orlovsky, just so, I mean, he's going to be a star. Maybe he will. He's got arguably the best running back in football. He's reunited with Robbie Anderson. He's got a really bright offensive mind in Joe Brady. He's got a really good head coach in Matt Rule. All those things are true. It was not working here. It was not going to work here. And there's no way you can convince me that it makes sense for a second that Joe Douglas would want to go to bat with somebody else's quarterback. This is the, He wants his own guy. And he can get his own guy. And he will get his own guy. Now, uh, Paul Feinbaum, who is a... A college football guru, I think it's fair to say, joined DCR yesterday in the 7 o'clock hour. And, of course, you can hear DCR from 5 to 8 every Monday to Friday here on 98.7 ESPN. I asked him point blank about Zach Wilson, and he doesn't love him all that much. Let's take a listen. I just like him. I've always liked him. When I when he went to Georgia, and I'm, maybe I'm, I'm basing a little bit of this on that, but I mean, I, I had people tell me that saw him on the practice field that they have never seen a quarterback look like him. Why didn't he work out? Because Kirby Smart runs a vanilla offense and never gave him a chance. But I mean, I, I just trust those impressions. And, and so I'm, I'm going to stick with that, and that's all you can do. But I think Wilson is, you're really taking a flyer on somebody that, that looks like the composite quarterback you put together on, on, on an imaging machine, but man, I'm, I'm not going to trust him in the NFL. So I guess a lot of nerves. Now, that was him waxing poetic about Justin Fields, and, and he's really nervous and really concerned about Zach Wilson. And here's the thing. I, I get it. I would be too. This, this will define the organization. This decision that the Jets make in two weeks and five days from right now, and, and it sounds like it's not a decision. Because we had Schefter on earlier this week, and I asked him point blank, is this done? He said, I texted Zach Wilson, welcome to New York. So I don't know what more you want than that. This is, this, is, this is happening. Your next quarterback will be Zach Wilson. The question is, is he going to be good? But you know what? Joe Douglas, Rob Sala, I mean the Jets brass, 
they will be defined by what the quarterback is. Yeah, of course. You're Corey Davis, and you're going to draft a running back, and you want to fix the offensive line and make it as manageable as you can for Zach Wilson. But he's either going to be good or he's not. And if he's good, you're going to look like geniuses. And if he's bad, you're going to look like fools. And, and God knows what the future holds for you and for the Jets. But that'll define it. Ira in Staten Island. Ira, you're next up on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, good morning, Dave. The number one sports talk guy in the city. How are you? Look at you, Ira. I, I got to be honest. Like, you and I have always had a nice relationship. I feel like over the last six months, you've really fallen deeply in love, and you really are a big fan now. A hundred percent. There's no doubt changing in the guards, and you have definitely taken the throne. So uh, just your knowledge and like when you do the Stump Rothenberg, I'm just amazed. Just so, uh, so I crown you number one. Thank, I'll but, take it. Uh, I appreciate no. it, and I'll run with it. And now we go to the football stuff. Yeah, listen, I, I wish Sam well. Before we get to Jet stuff, I, I don't know if we could t- talk about it during the week. I don't. Maybe it's blind love by some of these people, but my eyes don't lie. Do you realize that two organizations now have six draft picks? given away, invested in Sam Donald. You know the Jets traded, traded the three twos to get him. Carolina now traded three picks to get him. Um, I, I, just, I just don't see it, man. Maybe, maybe I'm just not reading the tea leaves the right way. I just don't think Donald's better than the average middle-of-the-world quarterback at best. I agree with you. I, I, I mean, you and I have seen eye-to-eye on this the entire way, but I, the thing that, that puzzles me is that there are so many people who are bright minds who know the NFL really well who think that Sam Donald is going to be a superstar quarterback in Carolina? Well, I think I think he'll be you know I think he'll play better. He's going to connect with him. Well, he's not he's not going to play worse, right? He's not going to. But but the no. two things that really trouble me: one is he's always hurt, and two is outside of a little bit here and there, Ira. I don't think he's been all that good. I agree. And you know what? Just from people behind the scene and not with the Jets, but other situations with the NFL that I know people, the bottom line, the book on him is you take away his number one read, he's done because he can't process stuff. And you know what? That's stuff you can't coach. Either you have that mentally or you don't have that mentally. And quite honestly, I don't think he does because I think he had the same problems in college. And he ended up forcing throws. And like I said, I wish him well. I see him getting on him like this. But, you know, with the Jets' decision, and I understand what Feinbaum said, and I respect it. But I also respect Tannenbaum a lot. And Tannenbaum said he's going to be a superstar. Um, whether or not he becomes a superstar, time will tell. But you're right. This is Joe Douglas' defining moment. And I do believe they're going to get this right. The thing that concerns me is that you got a first-time uh, coach being the offensive coordinator, okay, with good um, background, come from a good system. But now, you know, the hat's on his head, and he gotta, he's got to get this done. And I want to see how they're going to develop this quarterback. That's my biggest issue. I think he has all the tools to be a good quarterback. Let's see if the Jets could get the most out of him. Well, I appreciate the phone call, and thanks for the kind words. Um, and I think there's a lot of pressure on the Jets here. Now, not, not to win games, not to win games this season. I mean, whatever they do, they do. They win five games, fine. You just want to see progression. You want to see the team look better, look somewhat functional, and you want to – here's what you want. If I gave you this at the end of the Jets season, you, I think you'd take it. You get to week – I guess week 18, right? You finish 17 games. You finish week 18, and I say to you, do you have your, your answer at quarterback? If the answer is yes, 
If you're three and thirteen, that's a successful season. If the answer is, boy, I don't know, and you're eight and eight, I think you're worried. Right? And if the answer is no, I'll give you no, then you're in major, major trouble. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. He's pompous. Listen, shut up, and I'll tell you the story. He's arrogant. Do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at? And sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like, to be that uncomfortable, pimply-faced, not very popular kid. (laughs) But now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's dumb. Call 800-919-3776 with your question, and let's stump Dave Rothenberg. All right, away we go. This is uh this is the moment that you all wait for every week, ten thirty here on ninety eight seven ESPN on Saturday morning. Stump Rothenberg brought to you by the law offices of the sensational attorney. Attorney to the stars, Andrew M. Cohen. Uh Ty, if you would give me a uh, an updated standing, I would appreciate that. We went seventeen and four last week. We come mm-hmm. into today one twenty two and thirty one. So that's pretty good. Our first Stump Rothenberg call today, 10.04. 10.04. I like that. We got people from Maybe all Anita of... could set like an over-under on the time that I start. we start to get the first calls of when people want to get on to Stump Rothenberg. Plus 7.50. Plus, if you had 10.04, you are plus 7.50. People from all over the world, Dave. We've got a guy calling from North Carolina. We've got Minnesota. I mean, it, this is Well, it's really more all over the name. country. Yeah, but you want to make it sound better. So let's right. just call it. Well, we have out. had quite a few Puerto Rican uh, callers as well. Yes. So there you go. I, I, I invite the uh, out-of-this-country callers, the Mexican callers, the Canadian callers. We welcome as well. All right. Deep breath. And here we go. Stephen Brooklyn, good morning. Lead us off. You're on Stump Rothenberg. So, Dave, we all know you're blessed with knowledge, but I did hear yesterday you mentioned that there's weekly research that goes into Stump Rothenberg. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I mean, I'm in a, a never-ending pursuit of knowledge, but I think that's what makes the segment so much fun. I'm always learning. I'm, I never get complacent with my knowledge. you got to respect the hustle. Thank you. All right, let's go. Well, Lead us off, so, Steve. So in honor of Joe Musgrove's no-hitter last night, let's stay topical on that. Um, Cy Young and Sandy Koufax are two of only three pitchers in MLB history to have a no-hitter, a perfect game, and a World Series title with the same team. Who is the third player? No-hitter, perfect game, and a World Series title. With the same team. Now, we're not considering the, the perfect game to be a no-hitter, right? No, no. Okay, so, so it's that, that'll take Larson out of the, uh, out of the equation. Um, I think Lynn Barker had a perfect game, but it's not going to be him. Um, boy, this is tough. So who's? I mean, I think my best only bet is twenty-one modern-day perfect games, Dave. Yeah, so. I think that's my. I think my best bet is to think of the. So Don Larson did, but I don't think Larson threw a no-hitter. Jim Bunning, I know, did, but. But, and then you said you gave me Koufax, right? 
Koufax and Cy Young, two out of three. And I know that Mike Witt threw a perfect game, but uh, the Angels certainly never won the World Series. And then Tom Browning did as well late in the season. I wonder if it's Browning. Because Browning, they won the World Series in, in 90 when they beat the A's. Although could it be David Wells, who definitely threw a perfect game? Gosh, this is not easy. It's a good question. So it's got to be with the same team that he did all this with. Yep, all three with the same team. How about Mark Burley? And if I do get you here, I would like to hang on if we were to college. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, Mark Burley definitely threw a perfect game. They won the World Series, and I believe he was on that team. I think Roy Halladay also threw a perfect game. and won, won, Did he win the World Series with the Phillies, though? I don't know that he was on that team. Gosh. And then there's Matt Kane. So I, I don't know if I've named it or not, but those are my... Those are my thoughts. Um, all right. I guess I have to give you an answer. Is it Wells? Is it Burley? I'm, I'm going to choose between Wells, Burley, and Kane. I'm going to go with Matt Kane. Final answer. You were right there. It's not, it's not Matt Kane. It's Mark Burley. Oh. All right. Put him on hold. Oh, Ty, do you feel badly at all for me there? Yeah, that's a rough one. I was right there. That is a rough one. I'm right there. All right, we're 0-1. We'll put him on hold for the college edition. Oh, Sal and Duchess, good morning, Sal. Good morning, guys. Hope your days are going good. It was going better okay, before I got that one wrong. Go ahead, Sal. I know. Oh. NFL, and this has to do with the NFL draft. All right. Who was the only tight end? ever drafted in the top 10 that's in the Hall of Fame. In the Hall of Fame. Um, where did Tony Gonzalez get drafted? I might go 0-2 here. John Mackey? Um, so he's top 10 selection, and he's in he the was, Hall of Fame. He was, he, was drafted in, he was drafted in a top 10 tight end, and is now in the Hall He made it to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give you, I'm going to say, say I'm going to say reason. I'm going to say John Mackey, but I, I I'm wondering if it's Tony Gonzalez. John Mackey will be my answer. No, it's Mike Dicker. Hmm. All right, I'd like a uh, I'd like a clarification on that, Ty. I want I want to know what the, the the John Mackey uh, drafting and all that was. Maybe he was a second-round pick. I could have sworn that Mackey was uh, was a first-round pick. So, Dick, all right, so I went to. We're, we're completely falling apart here. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's continue along. Let's go to um, Jamal and Yonkers. Good morning, Jamal. Good morning, Dave. How you doing? Well, I'm over, um, too. I'm not doing great. I have a FIFA World Cup question for you. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but you might knock me to 0-3. Go ahead. If this is a really tough World Cup okay. question, I'm going to be very upset with you. Go nah. ahead. 
No, it's not. It's not. It's been eight countries to have ever won the World Cup. Five of them from Europe, three of them from South America. South America, we know, is Brazil and Argentina. But there is a third country from South America. What country is it? Now, I, I, th- I think it's Uruguay. And I think they won the first World Cup in 1930. And I think Final they might answer. have won another one at some point along the way, too. Who did you give me? Final answer. Who are the two that you gave me from South America? Brazil and Argentina. Yeah, I think it's Uruguay. Final answer? Final answer. I think you would get this question, but you did. You are correct, sir. That's right. That's that's not a bad question because I don't know a ton about soccer, but it's it's just the history and it's a pretty big question. So there we go, Ty. We're we're back. We're one and two. Let's go across the across the globe and go to North Carolina. Lou in Carolina, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Good morning, Dave. How are we doing today, bud? I, I'm good. I'm really well. I'm one and All two. Right, we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna get back into, into good graces. Back to five hundred. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm gonna go hockey on you this week. Who leads the NHL in all-time face-off win percentage? Oh, I mean, come on. That's, that's not a terrible – I mean, Ty, how do you allow that on the air? What's up? How do you allow that question on the air? Oh, no. He said – to me, he said winning percentage. He didn't no. say face-off percentage. To me, he said winning percentage. Yeah, face-off win percentage. Fa- face-off no, no, no. win – I mean, really? No, that wasn't that, – no, no, that wasn't how I understood the question. So you have, you have a problem with that question? Yes, of course. I would not okay. have put that question on there. Because that's a horrendous question. Yeah, it's terrible. All right. I thought he just gl- meant winning percentage. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you're, you're an honorable uh, judge here. All right, let's go to – what a terrible question that was. Let's go to Spencer <laughs> in Minneapolis. Oh, we're spanning the globe. Good morning, Spencer. Good morning, Dave. I'm a transplant, so I wanted to make sure I gave you a call. I listen to you all the time, buddy. Appreciate it. What do you, what's on your mind? Give me your question. Go ahead. So I was talking to Ty on the phone, and I told him that I had the privilege of visiting this country two years ago, completely undiscovered by Americans, the most beautiful place in the world. What is the capital of Slovenia? Hmm. And if you ever get a chance to go there, Dave, I strongly recommend it. Beautiful, safe, English-speaking country. Really? Um... I think it's 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 a weird spelled name, and I don't know how to pronounce it. Is is that? I think that's it, right? I mean, yeah, I'm surprised that you even know that because that's tough. But yeah, you're right about that. Uh, I believe they gained their independence in the in the early '90s, I believe. Um, it's like it's it's like Buljana Bul- or something. I don't. I don't know how to pronounce it correctly. So if you want to mark it incorrectly, that's that's fine. But I think it's something like. You want to bul- take, bul- take, take a quick guess? I, I think it's it's something like Buljana. Bul- it's Ljubljana. Ljubljana. All right. Uh, so you're not going to give me credit for that, right? I certainly will not. All right. I was right there. I, I I think that that should be stricken from the record, to be honest. But you, you're going to mark that against me, right? Of course. Just because I can't pronounce the thing properly. All right, we're one in three. You're taking great joy in this. Fran and Massapequa. Go ahead, Fran. First of all, Dave, you should get credit for that last one. You were right on. You said you're not, not sure how to pronounce it. 
I think that, that you should definitely get credit for that. I appreciate you defending me. Thank you. Yeah, and that other call, I think, is that the first time you ever bumped somebody for the wrong, you know, for the bad yeah, Very occasionally it'll happen. Very, very occasionally. All right. Ready, buddy? How you doing? All right, good? It's I'm good. Yeah, I'm you. good. You're one of the best. Of, you know, you have the best voice at ESPN. I, oh. I'm shocked that you would even say LaGreca. It's not even close. No, Don's voice you're the is man. You're, you're, the, you're the voice piece. Voice piece for all of us, and you're a legend. I oh. thank you so much for, for being on the air. We appreciate Fran, you, it. you are such a kind individual. All right, what do you got? All right, not counting this year, who had the most career triple doubles for your favorite team, the New York Knicks? Not um, counting this year. In, in a year or so, in a career? No, in a career. In a career. It's, it's Clyde. Uh, come on! Is there anything you don't know? I mean, you even know things that you don't know. What? Yeah, but I know that. I know the answer. I think. I think it was twenty-three. I think they put it on during the game last night. So that's that's two and three. Not great. So, but here's a nice thing about this now, Ty. We are going to continue with the the general portion of Stump Rothenberg and then switch over with five minutes left. Right? Yep. That's what we're gonna do. And away we go. Part two of Stump Rothenberg, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. So we're going to take a couple regular traditional and then do a, a rapid fire, where did they go to college? Let's go to Hawkeye, Long Island. You're on Stump Rothenberg. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Hawkeye. Who is the only politician elected to the Senate from three different states? This seems like a very difficult question. Um, this can't be any time recent. I don't know. I'm not going to waste time. Uh, I don't know the answer. What's the answer? James Shields. And when was he was that? also the only man ever to challenge Abraham Lincoln to a duel. And he so, so we're talking Senate about the 18, 18, 1860s, 1870s then, huh? Yeah, he, he was a former Civil War general. He served in the Senate for Minnesota, Missouri, and Illinois. Wow. All right. Well, you got me. I mean, that, that, that is a brutal question, huh? It's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, my God. <laughs> I, I bet you his great-grandkids aren't, aren't sure of the answer. <laughs> the only James Shields I know was uh, the, the one that was traded for Fernando Tatis. Let's go to Raul in, in Montville. Raul, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Dave. Um, so my question is, uh, who was the first president to throw out a ceremonial first pitch? William Howard Taft, 1910. Ah, nice. Nice there job. <laughs> All right. Let him finish the question. You can Why should finish... I let him finish the question? I'm trying to save time. No, I get it. It's it's very impressive. You're uh, three and four now. All right. So I guess that's it, right? We're going to finish under 500 with the, uh, the initial portion this week? We will. That's, Unfortunately. That's very unfortunate. All right. Uh, are you ready for the uh, the college edition? Let's do it. All right. Steve stumped me, so he got to stay on the line, and he is. And here we go. It's Steve. You're on part two of Stump Rothenberg. New York native and Power Memorial grad Mario Ellie. Mario Ellie, number 17 with the Houston Rockets. Um, I believe went to American International. 
College. Yep, you got it. And that's, that's it. And that is uh, up in Springfield, Massachusetts, for all of you keeping score at home. Ty, you know what I'm realizing right now? I don't think we've ever had the double winner. I don't think you've ever stumped me in the first part, held on the line, and then stumped me in the second part. Well, yes, because this is your wheelhouse. This is what you do. The, did the you know where Mario Ellie went to college? I wasn't. I was screening a call, so I, okay, I didn't where even did, hear the answer. No, uh, I didn't. American I, International. Okay, there you go. All right, so you had no idea. 800-919-3776. Where did I go to college edition of Stump Rothenberg? Sal and Duchess, you stumped me round one. Let's see if you can do it in, in round two. Well, this one's a tough one because I had somebody had to look it up for me. All right. Bobby Jones when he played for the Sixers. Bobby Jones. Bobby Jones. Bobby Jones, the, the ex-head coach. I mean, you, you, it couldn't be easier. Really, Bobby Jones? He's in. He's, yeah, he's, he's part he's, of the. He's part of the family. R- really, that's where you're gonna go? Well, I mean, it was tricky for me because he had two. He started at one college and he went to another college. From what they said, I mean, to me, it was tough. So I. Uh, I don't. I don't know. All I know is North Carolina. I don't. I don't know another school. But Bobby Jones, I know went to North Carolina. Well, the Bobby Jones they played for the Seventy Sixers. That's who I'm talking about. Oh wow! Then I gotta. They they they. Can we change? Can I pick another one because it's totally different? Well, well, well where did you think Bobby Jones went to school? Well, they said uh, Georgia Tech Institute, something, and then he went to Harvard. No, I don't know what Bobby Jones you're talking about. But uh, all right, I'd like credit for the Bobby Jones that went to Carolina, though. Before I, I move on, there you go. All right, go can ahead. I go well, to another one. Go ahead. Okay, I'm gonna Luke Longley. I think New Mexico. Let me think about this. Luke Longley. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where he went. Yeah, don't think no more. You got it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. All right, there you go. Okay. All right, give me the deck. Right. There we go. All right, now now we're back on track. Now I feel good about myself. Everything is back in order. Let's go to Dave in Queens. Good morning, Dave. Uh, thank you, Dave. Uh, and thanks, Andrew M. Cohen. And thank you, staff. And thank you, Andrew M. Cohen, for sponsoring this segment. Thank him. For me, um, I'm gonna make sure to. Th- I'm gonna. I'm gonna call him um, during the break. I'm gonna thank him from you. I'm sure you guys talk, right? This is not just you guys just promoting. And I mean, well, I'll, he, he loves the segment. He man. sponsors it. But go ahead. You, okay. You, what, what's what's right. your question? Well, thank you. Thank him if you talk to him, please. Oh, I will um, certainly thank him. Go ahead. You, you and and you want sir. me to thank him when I talk to him as well, right? I, I hope you talk to him. Yes. Yeah, no, uh, I'm he thank sponsors him. your okay. best show and that goes around the world. You know? Right. Okay. Um, what do you got? Okay. Um, uh, one of the most underrated players, I think, doesn't get enough respect. Jeff Malone. Jeff Malone with the what? former Washington Bullets originally. He was. Jeff Malone. I think he went to Mississippi State, if memory serves correctly. As usual, it serves correctly. Thank you. Yeah, and, and there you go. Jeff Malone. Well, he was a nice player. Um, yeah, nice player. Uh, shooting guard number 24, I think. Okay. Um, Ty, are you ready, or should we take one or two more? Uh, let's go one or two more. So All right, let's go to Matt fire. in Beacon. Matt, you're on the college edition of Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Dave. I actually took uh, Ty's player, so that makes me feel good that we're on the same path here. All right. What do you got? Um, so New Jersey Nets legend Keith Van Horn. Uh, Keith Van Horn played for the great Rick Majerus at the University of, of Utah. 
There you go. <laughs> you always but actually, they went to they went to the uh, championship game and lost. Um, they lost in overtime the year after he went there. Uh, okay, now I'm feeling much better about myself. Jordan, Staten Island. Jordan, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Good morning, Dave. I have former Nick point guard Chris Childs. That's a nice one. So Chris Childs, I believe, started with the um, with the Nets and then made his way over to the Knicks and I believe um, was a Bronco from Boise State. Correct. Yes, and there you go. Raptors as well for Chris Childs. All right, Ty, we've we've completely turned the ship around and righted it. I feel like we've uh, navigated through the Suez Canal here. Let's do it. All right. W- what's our record here? Uh, we are nine, niner and four. Okay. All right, let's go. All right, rapid fire. Speaking mm-hmm. of former Nick greats, we go to Mr. Howard Isley. Uh, Boston College. That is correct, my friend. Ten and yes. four. There we and go. And I believe he was on the team to beat North Carolina in 94 when Carolina was looking for back-to-back championships, along with the great Bill Curley. Yeah, despite all that information, you're still 10 and four. You don't get fine. extra credit. That's all right. fine. I'm not looking for extra credit. All right, let's go to my guy, Ish Smith. Uh, Wake Forest. He was actually a friend of mine when I covered <laughs> the ACC. We went out for, for, for dinner a couple of times. He was actually a yes. friend of mine. I, I, I covered the ACC, <laughs> and I, I talked to him in the locker room, and we became friendly, and we actually socialized. So, yes, Ish Smith, point guard, mm-hmm. Wake Forest. All right, let's go to... Josh Howard. Josh Howard. Uh, he was a terrific player. The, the, the Mavs, Josh Howard, yes, right? he was. He also— He uh, was on that team that, that lost to the eighth seed. When he it, he seed. also went to Wake Forest. Not he a did. friend of mine, but also attended uh, Wake Forest. Smith and Josh Howard having lunch I together. was not friendly with Josh. I was friendly with Ish. I needed I needed to cross it off my um, my list of having a friend named Ish. So, yeah, I, I, I befriend that. <laughs> a friend named Ish. Yeah, Ish, yeah. All right, let's go NBA champion. How about this? Beat my Lakers in 2004. Tayshawn Prince. Tayshawn Prince. I think I'm overthinking this one. I, I'm I'm fairly certain he was an SEC guy. I didn't I think he went to Kentucky. Is that your final answer? Now, you're making me second-guess myself, but I think he's a terrific player at Kentucky, yeah. Sal, you've got to be better, man. You can't allow him to just think it and then it be the final answer. Is that your final answer? It's my yes. final answer. You are correct, my friend. Kentucky. Long, lanky, left-handed score. Yes. All right. Uh, he took Keith Van Horn. So we'll end here Okay. with a Spurs legend, Sean Elliott. Sean Elliott, one of the great college players, played for Lute Olsen at the University of Arizona. And that's correct, my friend. Good job out of you. Thank you very much. I, I he think he saying. might have been on the same team with Steve Kerr, um, Khalid Reeves, Kenny Lofton. Yes, I do think Steve Kerr was on that team. Yeah, so, so there you have it. So we rebounded nicely, right? I you did. feel good about that? I feel great. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.